This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I'm, it's interesting. I'm just watching this Chiron on Fox right now. Now, Biden administration dodges who will pay for this student loan bailout. Dodges what? I mean, it's you. Who else would pay for it? The Tooth Fairy? Santa Claus? I mean, who? That's my mother-in-law. Who else is going to pay for it? You're going to, of course you're going to pay for it. I want to get off track. By the way, I told you this was going to happen with the vaccine. I told you we are desperately trying to find the clip. Audience archivist Judy, if you can find the clip where I said the media was going to flip the script on the vaccine story the minute the vaccine broke bad, we would love you to the end of time. I predicted it. It's happening. I got a lot to get to. I'm going to ask a troubling question, and I mean troubling. I really would prefer not to ask it, but we have to. Is is Joe Biden a, a, a racist? No, I'm dead serious. The way he talks about black people. Don't have lawyers, don't have accountants, don't have homes. Huh? Oh, yeah, we got the evidence, so we'll get into that, too. Serious question. I'm not, we're not kidding. This isn't some kind of a joke. It's a serious question. He's the President of the United States. Be nice if he would treat people and talk about people in a uh, nice and kind way and not judge them by their skin color. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. All aboard. All aboard. Oh, yeah. Yes. And you know it. You know it. Guy knows it. Uh, Jim knows it. Everyone who heard it, I told you. It's just, I, again, who cares about the I told you so? That's not the point. Uh, the point I'm trying to make here is we had warned you because it was so transparently obvious that the minute the information on the vaccine started to get ugly, what we're seeing now. Uh, infections, reinfections, first lady, Jill Biden, Jill Biden testing positive uh, yesterday again in a reinfection. We hope she's doing well. I obviously sincerely mean that. I don't wish illness on anyone. I'm not a sick, uh, crazy person like some of these lefties. These people are double uh, boosted and vaccinated twice. How is it that they're not only getting COVID, but getting reinfected with COVID? How is their immune system, because it's supposed to be a vaccine, not better conditioned to fight this thing off? These are serious questions we're starting to see again. I, I don't, I'm not going to over-dramatize the data like they did in the other direction, the left, dramatizing the vaccine as if it was a be-all, end-all and was going to prevent infection, which it does not. But it's now crystal clear that the evidence is starting to pile up that this mRNA vaccine was not what they said it was. And I had predicted a long time ago that watch what's going to happen. We knew a long time ago, many of us, me included, who again, I did the show about the vaccine and me the other day and it went viral. I got COVID twice after a vaccine, after the Pfizer vaccine, twice. And the first time I got it bad, really bad. The second time it was, wasn't so bad at all. I barely knew I had it. But when I got it, believe me, I got it. So any kind of counterfactual arguments like, oh, Dan, it would have been worse. I don't know how it would have been worse. I would have been dead. It was bad, really bad. Thank God I got the monoclonal antibody. And I had said to you, that, my gosh, I, I, the next day after I got COVID, I said, what kind of, and I went back on the air that Monday. I caught it or knew about it on Friday. I was back on the air on Monday. Guy had to work from home. Remember that, Guy? I was like, you can't come in here. Sorry, I'm still yeah. contagious. That did say, he said that sucked. I said to you, what the hell was in that thing? Vaccine fertilizer? Like, 
It made no sense to me. I have never seen anything like this. And I told you the minute this data started to come out, watch, they're going to flip the script to what? They're going to blame it on Donald Trump. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, vindication comes my way. Today is the 25th. Yesterday was the 24th. Here it goes from Politico. I told you so. Flag it. August 24th. Flag. Well, mark it off the flag it. I asked you to flag it. That's an unflag it. That is an uh, unflag. Oh, yes, I'm very sorry. Um, uh, that is an unflag. Take it we down. flagged it. <laughs> August 24th, 2022. Politico. I hate putting Politico pieces in the show notes. But my gosh, please read this. Bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations. A House report finds. Oh, my God. Wow. What? And I'll, I'll, I'll read a snippet from this in a second. But my gosh, gee. Joe, what timing. Yeah. All this information about the vaccine starts coming out. Negative side effects. It's failure to prevent infection, people getting reinfected over and over again. And next thing you know, weird, all these people in the media who told us how wonderful the vaccine was, it was going to stop COVID as long as the vaccine came out after Trump left office. It's not an insignificant point, by the way. Because if it would have come out before he left office, they would have told you the vaccine was terrible. All right, I'm, I did that poorly. I, I'm ashamed of myself right now because if you don't understand this, I've blown the whole show and you can tune out right now and don't ever listen again because I messed up. Understand this. Every single thing the grotesque media and the left does is viewed through the lens of how does this hurt Trump? Hold that in your head, this whole story. Everything. Every, don't even dare for a second try to tell me if you're a lib listening that the media and libs care about science. Please stop. Please Stop. I have no time for stupid. It's Thursday. Please, I have no time for stupid today. Nobody cares about science or journalistic ethics. Stories are viewed how they help or hurt Trump. Period. Am I right? Yeah, Kamala. Exactly. Kamala Harris. Didn't even think of that. During the campaign when she was still running for vice president. I'm not taking the Trump vaccine. Kamala Harris after Trump leaves office. The vaccine's the greatest thing ever. Everybody get their triple boosted. If the vaccine had come out before Trump left office so he could put his handprint on it and said, look, I did this, I guarantee you the media would have changed their story about the vaccine and all, and probably honestly could have saved a lot of people from the side effects. The media would have been like, hey, man, this thing was rushed. You know, the election's coming up. Be very careful. Trump just did this for the election. This thing could be dangerous. I can't prove a counterfactual. Granted, I want to be a hypocrite. I can't prove it. But given the history of media lying and how everything is viewed through the lens of how it damages Trump, I am telling you with, as, with near certainty for speculation that they could have, the media would have done their homework on the vaccine and it would have been downplayed as rushed for an election to get Trump elected and potentially dangerous. Listen to me. Oh, you know what? This is time for the Birdwell. I'm sorry again. The Birdwell. Oh! That is that. This isn't time for the regular one. <clears throat> please, please believe what I'm telling you is true. When they delayed the vaccine, I believe intentionally till after the election. This is when I still thought the vaccine would work, by the way. Keep in mind, don't view it through today's lens where we know it's been largely a failure, right? Don't view, view it through the lens back then where it was, it was perceived by many, not all, but to be some panacea, right? When it was delayed, and I believe it was delayed on purpose till after the election, then they had, or keep in mind, they think, oh, Trump lost, whatever. Now it's okay. Now we can celebrate the vaccine because it won't help Trump win. Please tell me you get this. We have now come full circle, as he just said. Now they have to hurt Trump. So they can't hurt Trump. They couldn't months ago while they were still celebrating how glorious this vaccine was. They couldn't hurt him. Now that they think Trump is going to run again and they realize that they cannot hide the data about the vaccine anymore. It's failed to prevent infection. It's largely failed to prevent multiple infections. There are side effects now piling up. Now that they know they can't hide this anymore, they say, gosh, how can we hurt Trump? Time for the flipperoo. 
The flipperoo is, that's a Trump vaccine. He did it. Yep. Here it is. (laughs) My gosh, I want to be wrong sometimes. Here's the story. Catherine Ellen Foley, right out of the bullpen. Catherine, uh, we need someone to write a report blaming Trump for the vaccine we celebrated forever. (laughs) Uh, Here we are. Bring in the righty out of the bullpen, or the lefty in this case, media. Get the lefty. Quote, the Trump administration pressured the FDA, including FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines, which let me just stop here. They loved five minutes ago on an accelerated timeline. According to a report released Wednesday by Democrats, oh, Democrats on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis. Wait, keep that up one second. So now all of a sudden the vaccines, they said, were wonderful and we're going to save the world. That they fired people over, sidelined pilots in the military, special forces operators, fired cops and firemen, uh, Cumulus fired people, a parent company on my radio station. Companies around the globe fired people for this. Now they're panicking that the first COVID vaccines, Trump rushed them on an accelerated timeline. What, why isn't that a great thing? What, 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 Joe, am I, the vaccines are great. Trump pushed them. The business guy pushed him, right? He, oh, but now, now it's a bad thing because now you realize you can't hide the evidence that this thing was a debacle. Every single thing is viewed through the lens of how to screw over Trump and what damages him. If you are, and I got a story coming up later by Paul Bedard in Washington Examiner, I, shame on you if you are still believing media BS. Believe nothing they tell you. It is one big, giant, liberal grifting scam viewed only through the lens of how do we hurt Donald Trump. Sure enough, this is how I wanted to start the show this morning because my thing went viral the other day when I said to you the greatest regret of my life um, was getting the COVID vaccine. It was. I, I, I know the process of science. It's longitudinal. I should have taken more time. And, you know, uh, the support, by the way, thank you, has been overwhelming. 99% of the emails are people like, we get it. You had cancer. I, you know, I didn't even know what kind. It could have been, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't even know what was going to happen. I, you know, I was just scared. But, you know, I still get a couple emails and tweets from idiots. You know, I saw one lady this morning like, oh, you was scared. What a weenie or something. I'm like, yeah, it's a, yeah I saw that this morning. You know, whatever, man. You know, I, I, you know, God forbid. I pray for you. I mean it. I sincerely pray that you never come down with some potentially deadly condition like cancer or elsewhere, and a virus breaks out you don't know a lot about. Uh, I really hope that never happens to you. So, to that lady, blocked her instantly. By the way, because I don't, I don't really need to hear that that garbage. But showing you again how everything is viewed through the lens of how does this help or hurt Trump? They don't care about the vaccine, folks. They care about how the vaccine now is looking like it's not the savior they said it was. Now they've got to pin it to Trump. Not not Biden or Kamala, who've been pushing this thing endlessly, taking shots on camera. No, it's Trump's fault. Here's another one. Hat tip. Rosie Memos on Twitter, who we love. They know uh, Rosie Memo says, once again, CNN flipped out. Remember this? Remember when President Trump talked about vitamin D? Remember how the media, of course, vitamin D. Joe, which comes from what? Like the sun? Yeah. The sun hits your skin. Your skin produces vitamin D in the body. Pretty natural process, right? Yeah. Everyone realizes a healthy amount of sun, not too much. It's good. You produce vitamin D. You need it. Vitamin D is good for your uh, hormone levels, your testosterone. It's good for it's good for everything, your immune system. <laughs> the media flipped out on vitamin D. Why? Oh, thank you. You got the headlines everything. Because Trump mentioned it. Because nothing is viewed through the lens of science. Everything is viewed from the lens. How does this hurt Trump? Wait, I got to write an article panning vitamin D and the obvious known health benefits of vitamin D? Yes, of course you do, because it'll hurt Trump. Here it is. Sandy Lamott, bring in the lefty. Bring in the lefty out of bullpen. Sandy Lamott, CNN, May of 2020. Vitamin D's effect on COVID-19 may be exaggerated. Here's what we know. Now go back to the other tweet from Rosie Memos. So they had to attack vitamin D because Trump said something nice about vitamin D. Now we find out, this is from February this year, people with a vitamin D deficiency are more likely to have severe or critical cases of COVID-19, according to a new study. 
How does this hurt Trump? That's all they care about, ladies and gentlemen, all they care about. Every single one of these vaccine propagandists, by the way, who attacked us, who attacked me, who attacked me for my appearance the other day on my own show here telling you how horrified, embarrassed I was that I made such a terrible decision out of fear. Again, there's no shame in that game, folks. I'm just a human being. I make bad decisions all the time. But hiding them from you is dishonest. And it's, a, yeah, I don't want, I'm never going to be a poser. Oh, look at me. I'm so much better than you guys. I don't screw up like uh, you deplorable. That's a lefty thing. That's not my thing. But every single one of these vaccine propagandists out there who attacked us will now shamelessly slip the, flip the script in their story as this thing fails even more. And they will blame it on Donald Trump. Shameful. Absolutely shameful and disgusting. All right, I got to move on because it is a busy news day. Folks, I, I don't do this to unnecessarily attack this man in the White House. He's a failure uh, for his own, you know, obviously he's just a, a, an abomination of a president. The results speak for themselves. I do because I'm, I'm asking these questions sincerely. Is Joe Biden a, a racist, a real racist? His comments are just disgusting about black America. They are. I'm going to play them for you and I need you to make, you can draw your own opinion. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Folks, the evidence has always been abound that Joe Biden is, um, is probably a racist and not a quiet one at that. The way he talks about black and Hispanic Americans is disturbing. I say this uh, very seriously. I don't say this to do what the left does. That's where we make up charges of racism to character assassinate people. I say it because he's in the White House. The way he discusses black Americans. Remember the Obama line? We're not even going to play that one, but you guys have heard it a thousand times. You know, he's the first black candidate we've seen who's clean and who's articulate. He is. He's the first black guy you've met who's clean and articulate. Like, uh, do I, uh, should I introduce you to some people? I mean, how? That's not even soft bigotry, folks. That's just plain racism. Judging people by the color of their skin, suggesting you've never met someone who's black who, what, takes a shower? And you remember those comments about Obama? Then about the, the Indian accent stuff. He just talks about oh, people yeah. in this like weird, weird way. Yeah. Well, now, exactly. Well, now with regard to this student loan debacle, this handout payoff, which I exploded on Fox News about a water show last night, told people, get, you know, get, you want there's a loan repayment program. You know, it's called get your ass out of the seat and go to work. I did the demo. Here's the ass when you take the ass up. And you move it from the seat and go to work. That's the job repayment program. I can't pay. It's called getting a job. That's the student loan repayment program. Removing the ass from the seat, taking the ass to work. Because if you don't do that with the ass, then my ass has to get up and pay off your loan. So I lost it a bit on Fox about that last night, but I don't regret one second of it. Here's Biden giving his spiel, a bunch of BS yesterday about the student loan program. And again, invoking black America, suggesting if you're black, like it's harder for you to own a home or you don't own a home or what the hell is this guy talking about? Check this out. Many of you had to leave school because of financial strain was much too high. About a third of the borrowers have debt, but no degree. And worst of both worlds, debt and no degree. The burden is especially heavy on black and Hispanic borrowers. Well, on average, have less family wealth to pay for it. There's no, they don't own their homes to borrow against to be able to pay for college. They don't own their homes to, who's they? 
Folks, listen, if it was a one-time thing, because I'm not eager to play the left's racism game, just not. It just downward spirals into a disaster of stupidity. I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe it. It's not just one time. They're going to put you all back in chains. Obama's first clean, articulate. I mean, he talks like this all the time. All the time. Here's some more examples. Here he is just a couple of months ago. Talking about how black entrepreneurs don't have lawyers or accountants. What are you talking about? Do I need to introduce you to some people? Again, here, check this out. That, the data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers. They don't have, they, they, they don't have accountants. But they have great ideas. I... You know, I, I, I could play the whole, well, if a conservative said that, they'd be fired. But that's how, why even waste time? That's obvious. You would be. You'd probably be fired. Imagine me going on Fox News going, yeah, those black people, they don't have lawyers or accountants. They don't have homes. You, you, uh, 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 he's laughing. You'd be fired instantly. Instantly. For being a moron. But because it's Joe Biden... For some bizarre reason, he gets a pass. I really wonder. I got one more here. I'm not done, but sincerely, if you're a black American right now, sitting in America as a citizen of this wonderful country, how do you hear this and you're not offended? I mean, I'm trying to think like I'm half Italian. The rest is Irish, German, and French and other stuff, English. But I'm just trying to think of some corollary. Like my wife's Colombian. She's 100% Colombian from uh, Colombia. Well, of course, Dan. No, no, there were liberals listening. They think I'm talking about South Carolina. I mean the country with the O, two O, not a U. I, I can't even imagine if Biden was like, hey, you Colombians, you know, entrepreneurs, you don't have lawyers or accounts, you don't have homes. My wife would be like, really? I have homes. I have a couple of them. I want one. <laughs> you need a place to stay. But because it's Joe Biden, they get a pass. Here's one of the most offensive statements he's ever made. He's on with Charlemagne, who does this uh, very popular morning show. I think it's called The Breakfast Club. A very, very popular uh, radio host guy. He's more in the entertainment space, but he has politicians on a lot. And here's Biden telling Charlemagne that if you don't vote for him, again, you're only categorized by your vote. You're not categorized by anything other than the melanin level of your skin and what you do for him. That if you're black, you know, again, judging you exclusively by your skin color, that if you don't vote for him, you're not black. It doesn't, you're definitely not black if you don't vote for him. Probably the most offensive thing he's ever said. Showing again, this guy's probably a pretty hardcore racist. Check this out. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. This is the whitest man on planet Earth, by the way. The Scranton kid. Telling a black man who I don't agree with a lot of this guy's politics, Charlotte, but he's got a huge audience. He's clearly talented. Millions upon millions of people listen to his show. He's telling the black host he ain't black if they don't vote for him. So in other words, you're useful as a political tool, a vote tally on an Excel spreadsheet. And if you don't produce that tally, then your identity is taken away by me because I say so because I'm the white guy. And you're, listen, to anyone who happens to be black who's listening to this, I'm not telling you who to vote for because I don't treat you like automatons. You are more than smart enough to figure out who you can vote for and has nothing to do with your skin color. I'm simply telling you, don't you find it a little bit bothersome that this is how Democrats talk about you? Everything is low expectations. You don't vote for Democrats. In other words, you, you may have vote for Republicans because you support life or low tax or whatever. No, you ain't black. You're an entrepreneur. No, no, you don't have a lawyer or accountant. Well, why? Why wouldn't I have a lawyer? Because you're black. Oh, oh, because I'm black. What does that mean? You don't own homes. I don't own a home? No, of course not. You're black. What? This is my Biden theory, by the way, with this student loan thing coming back to bite everyone in the collective arse, right? This student loan thing happened for a reason. Please take and digest. There are two important takeaways so far in the show. The racist thing, I think we already get, but... One, I need you to take away from this show that, again, everything the media talks about now has nothing to do with science or facts, everything to do with how does this hurt Trump. If you understand that in light of the vaccine story, the show has been a huge success. 
The second thing I need you to take away from this, which I've repeated over and over again, is my Biden theory here in the left. Biden, I know people who know Biden well, very well. Biden is weak, folks. He's weak. He is very weak. He's a man with no constitution whatsoever. The bravado act he puts on, you know, that cocky kind of chest out, like, you know, I'm the toughest guy in the room. He's always wants to fight people. When you ask anyone who knows Biden, and believe me, there are a lot of people out there who know Biden, if you know what I mean. That's a, it's a, a, a patina. It's a mask. It's a crust. It's not the real Biden. Biden is a very weak, insecure person. That's why he does that. That's why he does that. That's why he goes out and wants to fight people and tells you he has 72 degrees. He finished at the top of his class. Jim, can we play that later on the radio show if you're listening? That's why he does that. He does it because he doesn't believe it. So he has to tell you and exaggerate how wonderful he is. He's weak. Because he's weak, he seeks affirmation from other people. This isn't a psychology lesson, but it'll make, you'll understand why Biden does these disastrous things for the left, like the student loan handout that's going to bankrupt the country and basically decimate public faith and in institutions, whatever was left. Because he's so weak, he seeks affirmation in people. And these smart Democrats out there who understand what a disaster Biden is, the swing state Democrats that are distancing themselves from him, he's not getting any affirmation from them. He's not. Cinema like vaguely pats him on the back once in a while, but he's, they're not telling him how wonderful he is. The people telling him how wonderful he is, folks, are the left. I mean, the hardcore left, the Corey Bush, AOC crowd behind the scenes. Listen, trust me, take it to the bank, cash this check, spend the money. They're going into the White House or through surrogates telling Biden how he's this, the most transformative lefty since FDR. He's the greatest liberal president ever, better than Obama. Biden hates Obama. He is ferociously jealous of Obama because Biden has none of Obama's political skills. Biden's a loser. He's been a loser his whole life. He envies Obama and he hates him. The left knows this. So they're playing this mind game with him where they go and pat him on the back and tell him how great he is, knowing he is a, a, a complete zero, but knowing he needs the affirmation. And that's how they get him to do these things. This student loan bailout thing is going to be a debacle. Look at the cost. It's just the news article. Taxpayer bill for Biden's student loan bailout could reach $600 billion, warns budget watchdog. Folks, I need you to put that in context. Our entire federal budget just 20 years ago was about $2.53 uh, This is $600 billion for this alone. You're talking about a fourth or a fifth of the entire federal budget for a year the entire federal budget and biden's pretending it's not going to be inflationary spending 600 billion dollars we don't have to print it to pay off people's loans there's no way even if you're a liberal you're this stupid there's simply no way now of course because this thing is a debacle and a total train wreck big tech get the lefty go to the bullpen Big tech has to come in and save him just like they're coming in to save him with the IRS story. I got a story on that, an update in the IRS story. Don't go anywhere. Really important story. But this Facebook story, I'll, I'll, uh, just let me get to this before we get to our, our next break here. Facebook blocks the GOP account posting, uh, posting their opposing student loan debt, opposing, uh, excuse me, Facebook blocks GOP account post opposing student loan debt cancellation. Forgive me. Look at the post. So the GOP, this committee, posted how this was going to be a total disaster. Facebook blocked the Twitter post. Facebook is now with big tech. They are now the Praetorian Guard of Information because they understand this Biden administration is a total failure if they don't hide from you the truth. You can see the tweet right there from, what is it, uh, the Republican GOP House Oversight. All they did was question the, uh, the, uh, the benefits of this program. And look, bang, done. Facebook wiped it out, nuked it. I told you. Facebook with the assist. Got that update in that IRS story coming up next, including some, some a commentator said on Fox yesterday. He wasn't a host, but a guest that really bothered me. So just to kind of wrap up and tie up this story, because it's important and how Axios, uh, a left-wing website, stumbled on the truth here. 
I heard a commentator on Fox yesterday. He was a professor at Stanford. He was on Cavuto's show. Seemed like a nice enough guy. But he said, listen, you know, uh, he wasn't trying to be a hard partisan either. I'm not knocking the guy. Forgive me. I forget his name. But the gist of what he was saying, Joe, is that, you know, that since uh, Obamacare, the government took over the student loan portfolio. I've talked about this repeatedly, which is ironic. Government takes over student loans. University and college costs go up even more. Student loan program goes bankrupt. And not one single person thinks to go, I thought they said they were going to fix that. It's like the government fixes everything by making everything worse, which creates more government to fix the problem the government created. But that's for another day. So the commentator says, you know, the government took over the student loan business. And you have to understand, folks, this isn't really all bad because the government is, is chasing a lot of these loans that people are never going to pay. So he made a point where if you're not economically savvy, you would take it on face value and go, that makes sense. You get the point he was making, guys? Like, you know what? We might as well, Joe, he was saying, we might as well dismiss the debt and quote, forgive it because we're paying all this money to track all these people down. The government hires third okay. parties to go get the student loan money back. So the guy's like, we're paying like $30 to get a dollar back. And I'm listening to it. And I'm thinking, if you don't understand opportunity costs uh, versus financial costs or economic, then you're probably listening to that going, right, Joe, that makes sense. All right, government wins. You're going to spend $30 to get a dollar back. You might as well just scratch the loan and save 29 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's the problem with that entire logic? Most of you probably figured out, not the libs. The libs are still like, sounds good to be, Dad. Of course you do. You don't understand <laughs> anything about economics. What's the question, Joe? Why the hell then is the government taking over a student loan business knowing it's going to lose $30 for every dollar of loans it can't get? Joe! Has anybody asked that? I mean, where else is this okay? So me and Guy do a financial startup, right? We want to make loans to people and we go buy a package of loans that people already lent out that we know will never be paid back. Why would we do that? Because it's not our money. The taxpayers are doing it. That's why. Like I'm listening to this and I swear I'm saying to myself with this commentator, this guy's a Stanford professor. I'm like, he's got to know better than this. He thinks that's an argument. Well, it's a good idea. We're chasing all this money. We're not going to get anyway. Why are we chasing it? If you would have left this up to banks instead of the government, the banks, Joe, who I assure you wouldn't be lending out loans to people they know aren't going to pay back. Hell no. We wouldn't have this problem at all because banks would go out of business. The reason they're buying loan packages and taking this up and subsidizing loans is because it's not their money. It's taxpayer money. This creates all kinds of things like adverse selection, too. Here's this great Wall Street Journal piece yesterday. It makes a world of sense if you know what you're talking about with economics. This journal piece talks about moral hazard. It's a great piece. I don't know Preston Cooper, but he makes a ton of sense. Biden's student loan forgiveness makes reform urgent. Uh, listen, I don't want to dig too deep into the economics, but there's two terms in economics you have to understand. They're really important. One is adverse selection. The other is moral hazard. How in economics, I'll use a health insurance example, that people who say have, uh, or let's say motorcycle insurance. People who have motorcycle insurance are typically people, um, that's a bad example. People who insure themselves for certain things will, are typically people who are afraid they're going to lose it. So you get adverse selection. You know, unhealthy people are more likely to get health insurance. Huh. Adverse select, why? Because they're more likely to be bankrupt. And I'm sorry I went in a roundabout way, but you get the point. That's adverse selection. The unhealthiest people are more likely to get insurance because they're unhealthy. They don't want to, you know, they know they're going to be in a the doctor. They understand that. Moral hazard's another one where people who have insurance will make riskier decisions than they ordinarily would, creating a moral hazard because they have insurance. So in other words, you have a $500,000 engagement ring and a $100,000 Patek Philippe watch. Ordinary folks wouldn't go to a high crime area with that. I'm not wearing that. But people with insurance might be like, ah, oh, whatever, it's insured. You see what a moral hazard is? People act differently when they know they're going to be bailed out. Has anybody thought about moral hazard with, 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 uh, with regard to the student loan bailout? Nope. Preston Cooper has. He goes, the moral hazard effects of this student loan decision will be profound. Students will now gladly take out larger loans when colleges can credibly wink and whisper that higher tuition rates are not a big deal since the loans will be forgiven anyway. Genius. 
adverse selection and moral hazard. Sicker people tend to get insurance, which makes insurance costs higher because they're paying for sicker people. Adverse moral hazard. People act differently when they know someone will bail them out. I understand the concept, but I, I didn't know the terms. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm glad you said that because these ter- the, the terminology is important. Like the third party payer problem as well. That's another term. I know you get that because we've talked about that forever. But yeah. the third party payer problem, along with moral hazard and adverse selection, it's a great question. We didn't plan it because it segues perfectly into this next point. How Axios, a left-leaning outlet in their morning email this morning, stumbles on what the real problem here is too. In addition to moral hazard, students and colleges act different when they know the government will pay their bills. They don't care about the bills. They're not paying. Axios stumbles into the truth this morning, Mike Allen, in like a rare moment of honesty by a left-leaning email letter. They're like, why are college costs so high? The simplest answer is that schools have had little incentive to control costs, particularly when abundant student loans, public and private, can make tuition rates appear more affordable than they really are. (laughs) I stumble on the truth. It's amazing. Axios tells the truth that when a third-party payer, the government, pays for your loans, you'll take more loans because you're not paying, and it creates a moral hazard for you to go to college even if you don't want to because you're not paying the bill. And then the college raises the cost because they know you're not paying. This is just straight up socialist principles right here. Government will control the means of production and allocate capital. They don't care about the cost. Folks, they are who you think they are. The left has become a party. The Bill Clinton left is dead. Forget it. Put a nail in it. That moderate Democrat party was Bill Clinton who gave the speech the era of big government's over. I saw it. I remember it. It happened. You know, watch the video. That party is dead. This is the new Democratic Party. This is a, a Democrat uh, state Senate nominee in the state of New York, my former home, Kristen Gonzalez. Here she is. Her words, not mine. They are who they say they are. Just openly talking about the wonders of socialism and how they need to push for more of this. Check this out. I know we're saving the speeches for a little later, but today we really proved that socialism wins. Again, they are who you think they are. Dan, why, you know, Axio stumbles into the truth that a third party payer problem and moral hazard is going to create exploding costs in college. Okay, great. They don't care about the exploding costs. They, they're socialists. Socialists care about control. The costs and all that other stuff and the effect on the education system are totally irrelevant. In order to enact their socialist agenda, Trump is an obstacle, and that's why they'll do anything to stop Trump, including humiliating themselves like attacking the sun in vitamin D. Now, panic has broken out. Panic has broken out over this IRS story. Folks, the Inflation Reduction Act, which Biden hilariously titled that, his team, but signed, is turning out to be, just in week one and two, excuse me, it was just signed, is turning out to be one of the greatest legislative debacles in American history. The fact that tens of billions of dollars, Americans are just finding out, went to the IRS to increase the likelihood that they are audited despite paying record amounts of tax revenue is frankly pissing off Americans like you have no idea. Hence the fact checkers, Facebook and others rushing in to stop this thing. Carl Rove had a great piece, uh, regardless of your feelings about Carl, he had a great piece in the journal I'm going to get to in a second, basically proving that there is now a far greater likelihood you just financed through the Inflation Reduction Act. You just financed your own audit for the IRS to come and harass you. Panic is broken out with the fact checkers who are straight up socialist communists. They are agitprop propagandists eager to cover up and censor anything that would be damaging to their Democrat masters who they kiss the ass of every day. It's pathetic. The fact checkers jumped all over this IRS funding story. Why? Because as Carl Rove points out, there's some, Joe, this is a great piece. There's some really, really shady language manipulation going on here to make you believe if you make less than $400,000, you don't stand a greater chance of getting audited. Really, Carl Rove points this. Listen to every word of this. It's important. He notes Biden's team got in on the obfuscation effort about the IRS. 
But he said, if you read between the weasel words, you can tell they knew the number of audits on those making less than 400K would increase. Here, pay close attention to this. In an August 10th letter to the IRS commissioner, Treasury Secretary Yellen wrote, quote, I direct that any additional resources the IRS receives from the act, quote, shall not be used to increase the share of small business or household below the 400K threshold that are audited relative to historic levels. Notice right there, you say, oh, okay, well, Dan, Biden said that. She just said it too. They're not going to increase audits on those making 400K or less. No, Gee, go back to that. That's not what she said. That's not what she said. That's not what she said. Pay very close attention. She said shall not be used to increase the share, share of small businesses or households. This is brilliant. He picked this out. Why does that matter? Well, if you go to the next screen cap from this piece, you'll see exactly why that matters. So Carl Rove notes, okay, well, what share of audits have been people making under 400K? Because she only referenced the share, not the raw number. Most of them. In 2018, the last year for the IRS release complete data, there were 367,000 audits of individual returns. Of these, 3.8% of the total were returns reporting no positive income. Okay, 3.8%. Households reporting between a dollar in income and 25,000 in income received 52.9%. And those earning up to 50K make up an additional 19.9%. Those above 50K and under 75K received 7.3% of audits. And households making between 75 and 100K were hit by 4.2% of audits. Households with 100 to 200K in income were subjected to 7.3% of audits. Ladies and gentlemen, do the math. The overwhelming majority of shares of audits are you. So even if the share of audits, but the raw number of audits goes up, stays the same, there is a far greater likelihood by simple math that you just paid through your tax dollars to get harassed by the IRS. Will the media tell you any of that? What about the fact checkers? What about Bill D. McCarthy, Lewis Jacobson, Daniel Funky, watch guy? What about any of them? They're going to report Tom Kircher, the worst fact checker in, on, in, in anywhere in the cosmos. They're going to report on that? The chances of you getting audited now are far greater. The math is that's why they use the word share. It wasn't by accident. This guy's such a liar, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, I know people who've seen this guy up close, Biden. He is a disgusting human being. I'm sorry to tell you this. He is not a good man. He's not a good man. I don't know Democratic presidents throughout human history. I haven't met them personally. I don't know. Maybe JFK or FDR with decent guys with terrible ideas. I have no idea. This guy is not a good guy. He is not a decent person. He is a man with no constitution or character at all who will do anything and sell his soul to anyone for power. Here he is yesterday, stone cold lying to Peter Ducey at the White House. When asked a question, we already know the answer to. Did you have any notice about the FBI raid? We already know the answer to this. Here, watch him lie right to Ducey's face. How much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Thank you. We already know. I showed you this article the other day. It's in the newsletter. John Solomon's piece. How Biden's White House deputy counsel, this guy Jonathan Sue, was actively engaged with the FBI, DOJ, and National Archives early as April about these documents. You're telling me with a straight face that the White House counsel didn't know then the FBI was going to go and raid Mar-a-Lago? Are, are you serious? It's not that, well, it is that Biden's, he is genuinely stupid. In most cases, I say it's not that they're stupid, they think you're stupid. But Biden is stupid, and he thinks you are stupid. Of course he knew. He's just a liar. All right, no good segues here. I said this in the beginning of the show, so I just want to get to these other stories because it's an important news week. By the way, questions for tomorrow? Yeah, you see that? If you want to submit a question for tomorrow's question for Dan segment, 
Locals, uh, the locals download the locals app. I'm at the Bongino there. I'll put up a post questions for Dan and true social. You can always find me there. I'm at the Bongino. There'll be a post there to submit a question for tomorrow. Show. The question has been great. Appreciate it. Speaking of social media, this uh, daily mail story, like I told you, not, there's no great segues here. I just made one up. A uh, Twitter crisis grows. SEC is now calling for an investigation into the bots on Twitter after Elon threatens to pull out of the deal. Folks, why is this important? This is a huge story. I'm involved in the tech space. Oh, I have a lot of tech investments. Twitter is not monetizable if they're lying about their DAUs, daily active users. I've said this before, so I, again, I want to keep beating it up, but it's important you understand this moving forward. These platforms like True Social, Twitter, Rumble, which I'm an investor in, the way they make money and invest, you know, they use the money to invest in their companies and grow their business is they'll typically sell ad spots and other things. To sell ad spots, just like on this show, as Joe knows, being a radio, you're selling eyeballs. That's why people have the ratings business is such a big deal. No one's going to like pay for an ad on Fox News if nobody's watching. So you get these measures. They're not perfect. Like in radio, they would use what, Joe? Those PPMs, personal people meters, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Where people just tell you what they're listening on a little people meter. Nobody's claiming they're accurate to the person, but it's a metric. It's a proxy for how many people are listening. In the social media business, DAUs are everything. Daily active users. Because that's who the advertisers are paying to see. So if Twitter's telling people, I'm just using round numbers. If Twitter's telling people, let's say they have 50 million users, whatever. I don't know how many they have. Advertisers are paying to reach those people. Folks, if 25 million of those, I'm just making the numbers up. I don't know this. I'm any inside knowledge. If 25 million, half of those were bots, then let me tell you something. You just got ripped off because you paid to reach 50 million people when in reality you were only reaching half. That's why Elon's so furious. He's trying to get his money back on the deal. So if he's getting his money back, buying a platform of 50 million people, and it's really only 25 because bots aren't people, then he's getting ripped off. This is a huge, huge deal. All right. So uh, this is the perfect way to kind of finish up the show because I told you about this in the beginning. Showing you again how we're winning, how the constant you know, media attacks on the sun, vitamin D, Trump, Flipping the script on the Corona thing, making people believe what is, isn't all the time. The endless litany of gaslighting. You are winning. Why? Because these people have one job. The media's job is to get you the facts. If you believe the facts they're telling you are non-facts and are fake, then the media is losing and you are winning because you've exposed them for the failures they are. Here's what I mean. Washington Examiner, Paul Bedard. Media more untrustworthy. Fake news fears sort of 82%. 82% of people believe what the media is telling you is fake. Tell me how they're winning again. This is like being a manager of a baseball team, losing 82% of your games and claiming somehow you're a success. But it proves my point in the beginning. This is going to, we're going to end the show on this because this is an important point. I did it this way on purpose. Every single thing is viewed through the lens of how it helps or hurts helps Biden or hurts Donald Trump. They can't have Donald Trump come back in. He's a threat to the swamp. And they're part of it, the D.C. media with all their contacts. That's how they get their stories. They can't have Trump run again. They can't. It will destroy their entire grift. So the fact that 82% of people don't trust them and think they're fake news, you understand this totally irrelevant? They don't care. If fake news hurts Donald Trump, they will continue to report fake news with no fear whatsoever. None. Zero. You know what? Let me finish with this one video. Can you crew up that Calvin Robinson? That's a pretty good one. I want to. I, you know, I talk about the power of language and manipulating language all the time. I know. I sorry. The segues are not the most uh, fluid today. My apologies, but they're good stories, and I want to get them out. We talked often about the power of language. There is genuine power in redefining language. You know, gender affirming care is a euphemism for genital mutilation undocumented immigrant for illegal immigrant when you're here illegally. It's a dancing around of the language to make you believe what's happening isn't really happening. Calvin Robinson, who I really like, try to get him on the radio show, was on Tucker's show last night talking about how, Joe, they're not pedophiles anymore. They're minor attracted persons, maps. Oh. Wait, what? Calvin Robinson had a, just a fantastic appearance last night on Tucker where he talked about the weaponization of language. How it puts you in the fringe. Oh, you dare call them pedophiles? You're a fringe right? No, that's what they are. That's what they are. 
This is real power. Listen to him explain this. It's great. There's three sides to this. So, of course, firstly, they take over the language, and that is so that they can break down the boundaries. And then thirdly, that's so they can break down family and society. And that's what this has always been about. You know, some of us have been warning about this for years and have been called conspiracy theorists. But there's a reason that there's the mantra, love is love. Because if love means love for anyone, there's no boundaries involved there. And then when we're talking in an age where someone could define their race, someone can define their gender, and someone can define their sex or any other immutable characteristics, why would they not be able to define their age? If you can say, I identify as a woman, what's to stop you saying, I identify as a 12-year-old girl? And if love is love, and you are identifying as a 12-year-old girl, what is to stop you from having a relationship with another 12-year-old girl, biological or non-biological? This is the problem we find ourselves in. This is why they're redefining the language. This is why they're breaking down the boundaries. It's wicked, it's evil, and we must do everything we can to stop it and protect our children. Man, Joe, if there's one topic we've been talking about from show one, it's this. How the left relies on the power of language to create a boundary. I call it a perimeter. I've said it a thousand times. And when you're outside that perimeter, you're immediately deemed a fascist, a homophobe, or a transphobe. So if you call someone a pedophile who's engaging in pedophile behavior, the left now fences that off. You will call the minor attracted person, so you're outside the fence. And if you're outside the fence, you're a fascist and a transphobe, homophobe. You get how they do that? Nothing's changed. That behavior's abhorrent. Sexually, uh, 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 sexually addressing young children in any way or attacking them even worse. Nothing's changed. That's horrible. The language changes so the left can redefine where the perimeter is. That's real power, man. They do that every time. I like today's show. I was a little worried about the cut, but I, I think today's show worked out pretty well. Yeah, pretty it. it was good. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. Please submit questions. Again, my Locals app. I'll put a questions post up on True Social. And please, I, uh, with humility and respect, again, I ask you to please subscribe to the podcast. Subscriptions help us a lot. It's free. Apple, Spotify. And rumble.com slash Bongino. Click that follow button. We genuinely appreciate it. I'll see you all on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.